0: Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co op adventure, my favorite guy to podcast with in 2021, Josh Barboni. How are you doing?
1: Does that mean you didn't podcast with anyone else this year?
0: (laughs) No, I did podcast with other people. You (laughs) weren't even there for it.
1: Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, all things, all things considered, you know, gearing up for a short, long week. If you know what I mean.
0: No, I do. I do know what you mean. Only okay, work in Josh, three days,
1: but I know it's going to feel like two weeks.
0: I I hear you there. Okay, Josh. So here's what you need to do. Yeah. So. Call you so- know how. <laughs> well, you could call him sick. You could call him sick, and I could edit this out like a professional podcaster would, but we're not professional podcasters because we don't make our living doing this. Mm-mm. I have to, my mic level looks extremely high right now, yeah, and I don't know what happened. So I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna mute myself and check <laughs> my levels quick. Okay, and you are just gonna regale our listeners with a story that you think is important for them to know this holiday season.
1: Oh boy. uh well, I'll tell this story. Um. My brother lives in a small town in Massachusetts um, called Rutland. And every year, the uh, town fire department and police department do this thing for residents where you can, uh, they only do a certain amount of entries, but you can um, register with them and deliver a gift for your child to the fire department. And then on the designated day, uh, they'll have a, a police escort with Santa on the fire truck, and he comes with like an elf and Mrs. Claus, and he comes out of the fire truck with his big old sack of presents, and will ask if that child is present, and he'll give them a gift. And my brother and sister-in-law um, asked if we could be part of that through their town, and they said, "Yeah." As long as you're at the same address. So we got, you know, I got my son a Transformers fire truck and wrapped it up and had Santa deliver it to him and it was uh, very cute and sweet and um fun and then and it was a, a nice little thing the town does. So that was that was a kick off to our Christmas week. Well
0: and that, that pretty sounds nice. like sorry, that sounds like a nice little kickoff there. And now, hopefully, if I didn't blow everyone's ears out at the beginning, things are adjusted right now to a reasonable (laughs) level. I don't understand. Like, I hate when your computer updates and it doesn't tell you it updated, and suddenly just set everything back you had adjusted.
1: Yeah. (laughs) To, uh,
0: you know, oh, so frustrating, so frustrating. But Josh, as you alluded, we're uh, we're on the the cusp of the holiday season here. We're recording. Uh, on Sunday, the 19th, so we're a little less than a week from Christmas. This will come out. This episode will actually come out after Christmas. So we are, you know, jumping the gun. We're, we're getting ahead of things here. Um, so at the end I'll have us talk about, you know, oh, actually this is a perfect segue right now. (laughs) Yeah. How do you think our Christmases went? You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording about some of the plans that we have, but how do you, how do you think our Christmases were? Are you excited about them? Like, did they go well? Like, what are your thoughts on your Christmas?
1: <laughs> well, I have a four-year-old now, so I'm, 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 I'm like more excited about Christmas now. I, how do I think it's gonna go? I think it's gonna be stressful and enjoyable, and different percentages of each. I'm not really sure. It really depends on how this week goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny because we, we, we were supposed to go to a concert on the twentieth. It got canceled, and then. Oh, no, the concert got canceled? Not the 20th, the 18th. Yeah, the concert got canceled because someone in Evanescence got COVID.
0: Oh, man.
1: So they're coming back in January. They're coming back on a Thursday. We had concert tickets for a Saturday. Now we get a Thursday night show.
0: It's not quite the same thing.
1: So I was supposed to have a sleepover with my folks. My wife wanted to get tickets to one uh, one of the zoos in Rhode Island, Roger Williams Park. They do a Christmas lights show throughout the month, but you have to buy... Um, tickets in a window of time, so she bought tickets for Saturday at five PM, and then we had we were we, we were expecting a snowstorm to start at one PM that day, and that ended no, yeah, like one PM that day, and not end until seven AM Sunday morning, and in between Massachusetts and Rhode Island it was going to just be this like mix of sleet and ice. Well, snow here and rain there. So we were like, well, it doesn't make sense to drive. It's about an hour distance there in the back. I'm like, is it really safe for us to do that? So should we do that? And then, of course, all we got was rain and we could have gone, parts. but we didn't go. Right. Uh, for we sure, we for still sure. paid for the tickets. We just didn't go. <laughs> uh, so we wrapped, we went out, had, had a little date night, and then we wrapped um, our presents for the little one that night. And uh, the problem of buying, your gifts early is I I just couldn't believe we bought that many gifts right <laughs> and I'm like, man, we shouldn't we started buying in like September. We wouldn't buy a lot at a time, but like it kind of just adds up because you're just putting it away and you're not like like trying to figure out. We even had two duplicate gifts in oh, our no. gifts. So like well, we'll give these to somebody else.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Oh goodness.
1: So so yeah. Um so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for him to get to get through all that and have a fun Christmas. And, uh, yeah, I'm and I'm sure that the stresses will be minuscule compared to the positives and the highlights.
0: Well, i sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel like you know, especially for people with children, holidays get you know the, the 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 amount of just pure enjoyment tends to decrease like obviously seeing <laughs> your kid be excited about things is great but yeah. i feel like the amount of stress at some point seems very very high whereas for me i just it's just not that stressful it just yeah. really isn't you know uh, we are hosting uh my in-laws and my um both my like my in-laws coming and then my sister-in-law and her husband are coming as well and so we are hosting all of them and uh, it is always a bit um, like I enjoy it. We we like having them here and we like doing everything, uh, but it is we wouldn't bought groceries this week for this week um, for when they're going to be here. And I mean, it was what we usually spend in like a month that we're <laughs> just on this week, which <laughs> yeah. makes sense, though, right? Because if you're like a family with kids, I'm like, man, I bet this is what like. Regular people have to spend on groceries every week, and that's yeah. horrible. Like that's yeah. so sad. um And it's you know we're fortunate that it's not a big deal. Like it's something that we can do. It just, I just was not expecting. And we're like, okay, well, there's going to be six of us, not two of us. So never mind, triple the amount of this that we're getting. And yeah, just, uh, just so shocking about how expensive food is.
1: Yeah, we did a we did a quick a quick grocery run today. We weren't even planning on going to the market on the way back from Target. Um, and we spent 148 dollars on a quick stop for groceries, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, uh, and we can't keep doing this.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing, Josh. Like, our like typical weekly grocery budget is under 100 dollars.
1: Yeah, it used to be like that for me too. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you know there's like two <laughs> of us, and it's you know not that like it's yeah. I mean, and I think that even sometimes like we're kind of fancy the food that we get. And it's still usually under 100 dollars. And today, you know, for just for the week, we spent close to 300. And I was like, yeah ex- gracious, like. Yeah. That's what, I have a, you know I have some friends who have like four kids and I'm like gosh that's what must be what they have to do like every week like how yeah. do you do that <laughs> can't yeah. even imagine uh, it's just amazing like how different that is so <laughs> but no but I'm excited to have them here and to, to you know I because I haven't seen like uh, my brother in law oh my gosh it's been a long time so yeah. you know with obviously everything going on in the world and it's just been a really long time so we're excited to have them here and then we're going to see my family not until January so. Um, you know, that's kind of just is what it is. Cause when you're far away, you know, from everyone, yeah, you got to like,
1: do it when it's appropriate. Yeah. Right. Or so when it's easy yeah. to do so,
0: but hopefully it's going to have gone well. Uh, we'll see how many games get played. I have no doubts that there'll be a lot of, uh, games that we typically play with the in-laws here that'll get taken care of. So I could probably talk about Milborn and things like that. Again, <laughs> I know, right? But but yeah, so it's, I think, I think overall it will hopefully have been good. Uh, so. Uh so yeah, but awesome. Cool. Uh, are you doing, do you have big plans? Cause we won't even record until after new year's. Do you have big plans yeah. for new year's this year?
1: No. Um, we have four year olds, so we don't go out. <laughs> uh, my brother, well, we might, my brother, um, is sister from I have typically hosted a new year's Eve event, um, uh, we didn't usually go. We did go one year, and my wife left early, and I stayed with my son, and he slept there. But like, it wasn't worth it because he was up till like ten, eleven o'clock, and he goes, it was like three, and he goes about at seven o'clock at night normally. Yeah. So like, the next day was just miserable. It wasn't worth it. So I don't, I don't know what we'll do this year. Um, if anything, maybe just make an appearance. But uh, I actually, the way things have been going. And all the extra overtime at work i'm, I'm okay with a, a night in in a movie that's probably what it, what, it will, what it will end up being
0: well there's so i mean you gotta watch the new season of the witcher there's like a lot going on you know <laughs> yeah so awesome well listener we hope that at the, this point uh that your christmas was amazing that it was very very mm. good uh and that you know you had hopefully some time with people who are important to you no matter what relation that is but hopefully you were able to spend, to do that and if you didn't that's okay i was someone who i when i was a young professional in my career i was uh, had to be on duty for christmas all the time yeah uh, so i ate uh, i literally have had the stereotypical dinner by myself in a chinese restaurant like on oh, christmas man. like i've literally done that Yikes. Um, yeah so but you know what you, you still make your own fun and your own memories doing those things yeah too, so. yeah you know, whatever it was, hopefully it was meaningful and and, and good for you. And that hopefully this, you know, upcoming New Year's is is safe and, and great as well. And obviously we're really thankful just that you're taking some time to listen to us. So with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also board with VG. For the final time, we're a proud part to play some video games. Well, we'll still be a proud part of that. But PSVG is on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> we are thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. Um, and we just want to do give a big shout out to Edwin Callow, Chris M, Devin Tyus, Joe Wilson, Josh Borboni, Nick Creature, Paul Calicoat, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, Michael Taylor, Trucker Sloth, Brolin, Jason Carter, and of course, Horse Girl 69. Uh, if you missed the announcement last week, PSVG is shutting down their Patreon. Um, just from a time perspective, we just don't have... Uh, A lot of the people in charge just don't have the time anymore to dedicate to it. Um, So we do really thank you for all the support. But just like I said before, never fear. All of your shows are going to continue. And for the most part, they're going to be free. So you get a lot of the same content you were getting for zero dollars rather than the the things you were paying for. But again, we do truly appreciate the support. Um, And moving forward, if you want to continue to support us, the most important thing is just maybe leave us a review um, or share a show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower podcast networks. If you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So Josh, this episode, you know, at the end of the year is always a little bit different. We don't typically do our our usual thing. And so episode might be really short, might be really long. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, But. I had crossed off the you know what you're playing but yeah. is there anything that you had been playing that you want to talk about anything new or oh. different that you've played that you want to mention
1: uh we don't have to get into it into it but uh yeah uh, la, 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 la. I got my my uh, Kickstarter for the oink games and the switch came, finally came through
0: I was gonna ask okay so you did actually receive it
1: I did receive it uh, eventually not before other people could buy it but you know whatever <laughs> sometimes that happens
0: I mean uh, for a digital Product that's little. I should have the code a little earlier, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um so I only play Deep Sea Adventure, which is so white games they make like the small portable games. You see them in targets, they're usually hanging by the tabs above some board games. Um so I play Deep Sea Adventure essentially it's a game of uh rolling dice, you're moving deeper into the water against your opponents, you pick up treasure, and the more treasure you have, uh, the less you move on your way back up. So, you—it's kind of like Clank in the regards of like you're diving deeper to get more treasure. Do you want to be greedy? But you roll two dice, two six-sided dice, and if you're carrying three treasure, it's minus three from your die roll to move back up to the boat. And if you don't make it back in time, you don't score any treasures. And uh, uh, it was fun. It'll be interesting to play with more people, but the computer totally smoked me. So that was embarrassing for me. But I was learning. Um, And there's three other games on there that I'm looking forward to play. Uh, I think that talked about Big Brain Age last week. Uh, I did start Metroid Dread today.
0: Oh, nice. So it did show up.
1: It showed up on Friday, uh, but I just didn't have any time to get to it until today, and that was still me like taking away time from other things, just to try to get like an hour in to see how mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I like it just fine th- for right now. It definitely has the Metroid problem, where the map and the backtracking is really going to become very frustrating to me, in spots that I want to go to that I know I just don't have the right equipment to go to them yet right seem to be very frequent yes um yeah and those robots are no joke in fact they're too op it's not fun to have to continuously try to run away from them but that being said i still like the game in general we'll Mm -hmm. see how much that changes over time (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, and then I, I grabbed Hot Wheels Unleashed because it was on sale, and my son had been wanting to see it slash play it, so I've been playing that. Uh, it's pretty fun. It is it is challenging. Um, I do like that there's a lot of things to unlock, and I did uh, stumble onto a campaign mode because I was just doing quick races. I didn't even realize there was a campaign mode, uh, which is fun until you get to the time trials, and then you realize it's not fun. <laughs> for the time trials <laughs> uh but yeah and i downloaded the gunk i haven't tried it yet but it's it's uh waiting to be played and i think that's all the new stuff i've been playing
0: gotcha. how about you anything I've, new uh, i also downloaded the gunk and have not played it yet i, I debated whether i was going to continue on in the halo campaign or play the gunk and i decided to continue playing the halo campaign maybe that will come up later we'll have to wait and see <laughs> uh but i did play uh one new board game uh, and that is oh. Parks. Um, so parks, uh, is a game designed by Henry Audubon. Um, and it's a game actually you can get at like target and available at big box stores and things like that. Uh, but it is overall a pretty highly ranked game. It's a number one sixteen on board game geeks list of overall ranking. So it is way up there. Um, kind of a, I don't want to say, I think this is like a good next step game. Um, it is pretty light overall, but there is kind of a decent amount of strategy that you're doing with it. But in parks, you basically play as, um individuals hiking through the US national parks. Uh number 1, let me first say that the art in this game is beautiful and number hmm. 2, the insert in this game is top notch. Everything really? in this game, yeah. You take all the stuff out, you punch out all the th- all of your boards. Everything has a place. There's two inserts and then like uh two basically game trays. Um, and everything fits, like, perfectly into those things. Now, granted, there are additional expansions for this game, so I have to yeah. imagine those expansions have to stay in their boxes yeah. as a result. But, ooh, goodness gracious, like, they're, for what is not a super expensive game, uh, they have a really, really nice insert, a really good system for keeping track of everything. Everything is very clearly labeled about where it goes. Uh, the cards are all really quality. The... Um, Bits for the different resources you get are all wooden and like custom cut like shapes. They're not just like blocks. Uh, So really good production on this game. Uh, But overall from a I feel like I'm a broken record when I talk about like how games play because the gameplay is very straightforward. There is you have a um, the gameplay takes place over four seasons. The goal is to have the most points at the end of those four seasons. And basically what happens at, is at the beginning of the game or the beginning of the season, um, there is a track at the bottom of the, the game board um, that has different spots that you can go to. And, and you have hikers that can stop at all of the different like locations along the game board. Really, the goal, like I said, is just to get the most points. And most of what these stops are going to do are going to allow you to pick up different resources that are weather related, like, or kind of weather related, I guess, because there's like mountains and sun and water. So it's a little weird like that. But <laughs> you pick up these different resources. And once you've picked up these resources, when you get to the end of the of your hike, um, you're allowed to visit a national park. So that's kind of like what the, the goal is, is to pick up the proper resources, because every park needs a different combination. You use those resources to turn in to visit the park and those parks are worth points. There are also ways along the way that maybe um, there are some special tiles that you start incorporating, you know, for each new season. Um, And sometimes maybe those will let you take a picture and those pictures are worth points at the end. Uh, Or there's ways that you can, you know, fill up your canteen. And when you fill up your canteen, it gives you a different resource than like what the water was. Um, So there is some flexibility and, and ways for you to go through it. But what's really interesting about the game is that you have two hikers that start on the far left side. And then, like I said, you have the places you stop along the way. And when you go, you pick either one of your hikers and you can advance them as far or as short along the route as you want. Hmm. And if you're the first person of, of the game to get to a spot, uh, you get usually an additional resource as a result of that. Um, but after that, then when you go again, you can pick either the hiker you left behind at the start or the hiker you've advanced further along either one of them it's up to you to pick which one you want to move further because the only rule is you can't go backwards okay it's always totally up to you to decide like which of your hikers do you want to progress along the trail the other thing you have to keep in mind is is that you have a campfire token and the only time you can go on a spot with another player is you have to flip over that campfire token and you only have one of those so you have to be thoughtful about like what order am i going in Um, am I going to go on this, you know, this tile that already has another player because then I'm gonna have to flip my campfire, which means I'm not gonna be able to do that again until you get one of your hikers to the very end. Then you can flip your campfire back over to be usable again. So there actually is kind of a lot of thought that goes into like your progression down this trail for the resources that you're getting for the parks that you can visit as a result of those resources, um, every season or every time you, well, yeah i guess it is every season has a weather pattern um, and that weather pattern changes kind of the way that the the resources interact so like one season it might be um, anytime you get a forest you also can take a water you know or it might be like anytime you get a mountain you also can take um, a forest or a sun or something like that so these right. then interchange the ways that you're interacting and kind of moving through um so this game's really great i if you're looking for something that is uh gonna give a lot of repay, Play value because of the seasons and the fact that you like shuffle up and, and lay out the board differently every time for every season um, there, there's just a ton of replay the number of parks the parks deck of the different parks you can go to is very large um, so you're not going to get through every single park every single time anyway um, it's, it's a really cool fun game and like I said it's available at like your big box stores as well uh, so if you are you know maybe looking for something that might be just a slight step up from your you know gateway games um i think parks is a great thing to look at and there is a solo mode for it too so it plays one to five players um plays really well at two i have to imagine just from what i've seen it looks like it played pretty well at four as well um haven't five i don't know um i've only like i said i've only played it at two at this point i'm hoping to play it at four um, when we have some family here so overall really like it definitely recommend it if you have the chance to pick up parks it is a great game Um really really surprised with how much i like that one so But that is it, I think, for new games and stuff that I've been playing. Otherwise, most of what I was doing was trying to catch up and get a little further in a lot of the games that we were hopefully going to talk about today. So, all right. So that, we're just going to kind of move on then, and we're going to kind of have two different segments. One thing is going to be, our first segment is going to be just our favorites of the board gaming for the year. And then, you know, later on in a little bit here, we'll talk about our favorites for video games for the year. Uh, So, Josh, you know, starting with board games overall, how was board gaming for you in 2021?
1: Well, that's a good question. How was it for me? Probably the same as it was for most people. <laughs> you know, uh, tough at the beginning of the year because we're still basically de- dealing with quarantine. What you're, cat. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um. <laughs> uh, I just let that wow. sink, sink in for a minute.
0: Are you? Is your cat like? Okay, I apologize. She's not in heat. I know we're, She's not
1: in heat. No. Okay, that was I was gonna ask. I was like, my goodness
0: gracious! <laughs> she sounds like she has needs that need she to just be wants met.
1: attention. Yeah, she just wants attention. Um, yeah, you know, I would say disappointing. Uh, I didn't really like, we didn't really get to play nearly as much as we wanted to. Um, I played half of the first half of the year was over Skype and it was either villainous or, um, um, horrified, you know? So, uh, that was fun, but it, you know, it's not, it's not quite the same. Um, I really, uh, uh I appreciated our Gloomhaven times, but I, I would just say if we're going to just answer this in general before more stuff, uh, it's just kind of um, just another weird year coming after 2020 where we all thought this year was going to be the year we could get back to in-person gaming and stuff, which it's easier to do now than it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I'm, I think... I mean, I think a lot of people understand, like, the people who are working are really working a lot now, and I think it makes it even harder to find time. At least I can say that specifically in my case. It's just really hard to find any time now with so much, like, being so shorthanded and having to work so many extra hours every week, Um, not, you know not going away to conventions like where I get a good chunk of board gaming and, you know, just kind of, a—I I would say, uh, not to take away from my positives, just a disappointing or a letdown.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think 2021 was a year that I think a lot of us, had hoped we'd be able to get back to quote unquote normal of what we were typically doing in the board game world of, of getting together around a table, sharing time with others and playing some board games. And while you're right, it definitely the possibility of that happening more is there. It still just isn't the same as it was before. And I don't know. I think it's gonna be a long time until it until it is right. Like, yeah, you know, obviously, as, as things are going right now in the world, like, you know. We are having another pretty significant spike in, in COVID, and that isn't uncommon compared to like past pandemics. If you look at the historical data of what has happened, like a, a spike like this, you know, at this point from when it originally happened, is not uncommon. And it it just seems like it's going to be some time until we really get back to you know having game weekends where we have to get a whole bunch of people get together and we just hang out for a weekend and play board games. And as a result, like I played a lot of games two player. A lot of games to play, and I think actually everything. I'm trying to think if we ever had anyone over to play board games, and I don't know that we did. And did you
1: play your Villainous? You went somewhere else to play your six-player game. Was that this year?
0: Oh no, that because that that six-player game of Villainous was Christmas time of 2019,
1: Josh. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Well, I yeah. guess I remember that better yeah. than most yeah, things. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, we haven't really done much. I'm trying, and maybe I'm forgetting something. It's very, very possible that I'm forgetting getting together with people to play board games. But if we did, it clearly was not often. Uh, so, we played a lot of two player games. And honestly, like our desire to play board games just wasn't as high because we weren't getting together with people. Not that we don't like my partner and I don't like playing games together, but just the excitement of knowing you're getting together with some people to play a game and like what that means and the fun and excitement associated with that. It just wasn't there. And like you kind of mentioned with like how work has been, uh, you know, you get home at night and you're kind of like, I'm pretty tired. Like I really don't want to sit down necessarily like and play a game or learn a game, especially, you know, and it's not that you don't love the hobby. It's just that life is in the way right now and and really was a lot. So overall, like I was, pretty down on board gaming for this year. And that, I don't think that's a representation of the quality of games that came out. Uh, I was just a call quali- representation of where I was in life, you know, right? Um, kind of building off that then Josh, how do you feel the year was for the board game industry then from, you know, looking at it, reading the news like we do and covering the topics. Like, how do you feel it was for the industry as a whole good year? Not so good year. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the, the irony of the pandemic is I think that they had two of their best years the past two years because people are just kind of been cooped up and they needed something to do. And, and it's still another year where you're seeing more, um, board games in the public eye, like in shopping, like retail stores and more fake customer facing, I guess would be the word I want to use. Um, so they're just growing in popularity still. I think I said this last week, like you can't listen to a commercial on TV on the radio or something worth it without them mentioning board games. Yeah. So, it's definitely out there. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I think it's been, it was probably a good year. We'll find out in a month or two. Actually, they're later, right? Like March. So we'll find out in a couple months about how their year ended.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I I, I do feel like all signs are pointing that it's been a really successful year for the industry. That yeah, know, Kickstarters yeah. uh, were, were funding at very high levels, like, you know, ba- breaking records you know at the in the early part of the year for how they were funding and obviously the end of this year has been a little bit um contentious especially uh you know you can go and read the stories about kickstarter moving to uh blockchain and 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 crypto and all that good stuff and a lot of creators being very upset by that change uh so you you can see that there's some contention maybe about what the future might hold for that and it is interesting that we talk so much about kickstarter but for the hobby board game industry i feel like kickstarter really kind of is the thing right like right has hasbro and and you know the other mass market games obviously do well in the stores and we do have a number of hobby games you know wingspan hit a million copies sold like you know big things were definitely happening this year uh so from an industry perspective it seems like everything's golden really i mean especially if you look at like the ccg market just off the chain ridiculous levels of, of things being sold so it definitely seems like the industry is very healthy right now uh the fact that asthma day got acquired is for over three billion dollars probably tells us you know something <laughs> about where the industry is at but it, i think for from an industry perspective it was a good year uh i i do think that moving forward which we'll talk about more in a bit here but it'll be really I'm really curious to see if the idea of fewer bigger games does come to fruition because we keep hearing that idea that that's what's going to happen. And I, I feel like to a degree we're starting to see that. But I'm I'm wondering if, you know, companies like Asmodee are going to start slowly reducing the number of games they're, re- they're releasing each year yeah. um, and, and put a bit more into them to kind of, you know, start try to get 60, 70, 80 three hundred dollars from people uh you know for their (laughs) games like others are doing so yeah
1: Yeah.
0: um what was josh for you the best non-gaming part of board games in 2021
1: so I don't know what that means. I, like, so basically, I'm like, looking well, at that not, question. Not, yeah,
0: not, like not what was your favorite game that you played or anything like that, but just like when it came to board game, was there anything that like stuck out to you that was like that was fun or that was cool? Something that was announced that was neat. Um, You know, something that isn't like the actual quality of a game you played, but just something from an industry perspective. They're like, hey, that was pretty cool.
1: Well, this is I'll say this because uh, I I'm pretty bummed that we didn't go to PAX Unplugged uh, mm-hmm. this year. And obviously, we made that decision not to go because of the state of the world. But what what I would say, I guess, is the best non-gaming part of board games is um, the conventions returning and taking seriously what is going on. Uh, because in 2020, it seemed to be like a free-for-all. You didn't know who was doing what and what were the requirements and stuff like that. But uh, knowing that you couldn't go to Pax Unplugged unless you were fully vaccinated and wore a mask and showed proof that you were vaccinated or you tested negative within like 24 hours or something like that. Right. So seeing that that uh, these companies who obviously not just are losing money but also these other companies that are involved are losing the face-to-face time with their consumers, it's nice to see that that was back and it sounds like. Uh, we haven't heard anything coming out of that. Not like the anime thing in New York, but it sounds like oh, yeah. it sounds like it seems pretty safe and, and I didn't hear any reports of X-unplugged uh, outbreaks. So that's good.
0: Yeah, that is good. Hopefully that, that continues to be that way. I think for me, one thing that really stuck out to me and I, and I hope that it uh, is something we see more of in the future is that... I know, and we talked about it. and I think, and you purchased it. I'm pretty positive. Is that the uh, ticket to ride? Play Pink
1: yeah, trains. Yeah, yes, did that. I they know done, that.
0: Uh, that they announced that through that initiative, they had raised 184 thousand dollars to donate sure. to cancer research. Which I thought it's right there. Oh yeah, it is right there. Yeah, I can see it. On your, yeah, I can see it <laughs> on your screen. Uh, which I think is pretty cop. pretty awesome. Um, so there were 40 thousand physical copies of it sold, and 60 thousand digital Play Pink bundles sold. So I just think it really um, is a cool way to show that, like, there are things that we can, we can do in the industry or that the industry can do to help support causes that they care about that is beneficial to the cause, but also beneficial to the player, right? Like, this is a cool thing that you can get. It's a neat way to... Um, you know, kind of trick out a game that you have that you really enjoy uh, and something that, you know, is, go- is going to a good cause as well. So I hope we continue to see uh, more options like this, uh, more opportunities and partnerships between game makers and charities that they care about. Um, And you do see this from time to time of like a dollar or two, you know, from some Kickstarter games will go to, especially this happens with like um, a lot of animal rescue things and and games that are focused on climate change and stuff. You'll see like a dollar or two, like it's donated. Um, But I think having standalone tangible things like this, that you can apply to already existing games that are very popular uh, is cool. And I hope that they continue to do things like that. So for me, that was kind of like the best non gaming thing um, from a board game perspective. Josh, was there anything you didn't like? Anything that, and I think I could guess what one of the things is going to be. But any, you know, worst non-gaming parts of 2021.
1: Wait, what do you think I'm going to say?
0: I feel like you're going to talk about uh, Kickstarter going to blockchain. And, <laughs> well, they haven't done
1: that yet. I don't want to. Yeah, they could. I don't they could change to their include mind. that. Yeah, they
0: could change wanna, their mind. But I mean, any, they
1: definitely it, did double down on it in a recent post. Yes, they did. Uh, so. so I mean, it seems clear, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll oh, I'll save that. <laughs> um we still had some issues in board gaming similar to video gaming um as far as uh, unsafe environments for employees so i mean that definitely is is part of that list i w- i guess i would also include the not being able to go to conventions at the beginning of the year uh is mm-hmm. is is a, is a not a great part of board games Uh, this year, not being able to play with my like in person for the first four or five months of the year was also not great either. Um, I don't know that there has been too much going on in board games for there to be anything like that's um, really like on the top of my mind that hasn't happened, that has already happened (laughs) Uh, plenty (laughs) of things to worry about for next year. But um, in general, I think it was, I think it was overall a better year than a bad year.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think that overall it was good. You know, for me, the the continued trend of cost of games is for me like the worst part. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, clearly the games are still being successful. So maybe I am just, again, an angry man, old man yelling at cloud situation of like, I am just out of touch potentially uh, with the way people want to spend their money when it comes to games, it just really seems like board game prices overall are getting really, really out of hand. And obviously there's, you know, a lot of complicating factors to that shipping this year was just bonkers. create cuckoo bananas. And yeah, that was, I think obviously a bad thing too, is just like the, the shipping situation and, and all the issues that that caused. But I, I really hope that, you know, moving forward, we can find ways to control board game costs a little bit more uh, Asma Day came out and said that they're going to raise prices again, uh, and they just got bought, and now they're raising prices. Imagine that. Uh, so it, it does seem like we're kind of on this perpetual train of, while there are very good, inexpensive games, uh it, it does, I think, make the hobby seem a bit exclusive when the games that people are talking about, the games that are receiving the most hype, uh, the games that are kind of like everyone is raising up as like these awesome experiences that everyone needs to be part of are costing literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And like I said, there are great exceptional other options out there. There are very, very good games that are inexpensive. Uh, It's just not, it doesn't tend to be a thing that we highlight maybe as much as we should, which we're partly to blame for too, right? Like we're, we talk about the cool Kickstarters that we got and how I'm super stoked for Foundations of Rove, things like that coming next all year, right. <laughs> you know, like I'm as guilty as anyone is. It just, it, it does get very challenging sometimes to feel like there is a, a pressure to keep up with the Joneses, if you would, yeah. um, when it comes to, comes to board games. So, all right, Josh. So, you know when it comes to board games we don't do as much as you know other podcasts do um yeah. when it comes to like getting new releases right away Um, uh, we also you know tend to be able to like differentiate like when video games are at least a little easier than board games just because of how board games the industry works itself but yeah what were some of your favorite gaming experiences this year for games you played the first time you know whether they came out this year or not like what were some of your favorite games you played this year
1: <laughs> you know i i've i've I... I had such a hard time with this because not only th- I know I played a bunch of games this year, right? But there's been few and far between, so it's really hard for me to remember like how much right. I played, and when I played, and yeah. what I played. And even like Google, like looking up the top games of this year, like I didn't even play yeah. any of them.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: Um, so what I'll say is. For At least for experiences, like my favorite um, experience has been, well, two things. One is continuing um, my Gloomhaven, the Gloomhaven campaign. And then the second one, um, even though I haven't been able to participate in like two, three months now, was was being invited to Pathfinder campaign and playing in a Pathfinder campaign. Mm -hmm. I will say there were a lot of growing pains for me. And it wasn't a lot of fun uh for me right away uh in fact i i I wanted to stop playing because I really didn't think I was contributing mm-hmm. but I was very fortunate enough to have a great um friend in g m running that game and friends playing with me that they just didn't want to let me give up and want like would press me to ask me why I was like frustrated um and I think once I got through that, and I really appreciate that that happened, I was able to like kind of because just I'm playing with three other people who have played Pathfinder or Starfinder for years, and I have never played. So I feel like this immense I felt like this immense pressure to, to keep up, and I started getting really frustrated when I didn't know what was going on and I felt like I was being talked down to because I was expressing like I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we crossed that bridge and they and and they really went there out of their way to help me get past that it really started vibing and i was really looking forward to playing uh pathfinder every other monday and then and then you know school came back and people decided they didn't want to work anymore which made my life miserable <laughs> and <laughs> i wasn't able to make that commitment anymore And i felt really bad about it and they kind of had to move on without me and uh, they did they were so nice to like keep my character unconscious, he's still unconscious oh goodness <laughs> uh, gracious you know and they're, they're still keeping that dream alive like they want me to come back and I want to come back so I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to the day people hear this I will, I will hopefully assuming the world didn't explode or my plans didn't get changed again I will have played on the 27th yeah because i have that day off uh which is the only way that it's allowing me to play (laughs) Um,
0: right
1: so hopefully uh, um i I don't go back and mess up their game too much because they're pretty much doing a different campaign without me (laughs) so (laughs) me going back will be uh, interesting to see how that works out especially if it's just for like one day i'm gonna feel like a real (laughs) jerk (laughs) um and then one of my favorite games, uh, well, I would say it counts as the experience. Um, we played Forbidden Waters when we were on vacation over the summer. We only get to play one game, and we we had to actually do the save point because we were playing late at night. But I really enjoyed that game a lot. And um, we talked to Jerry about it, like how how much I really liked the narrative system and the voice actors. So. Um, that was probably one, one of my favorite or at least one, the one that comes to mind the quickest mm-hmm. uh, for this year. Um and playing horrified over Skype was a lot of fun because I hadn't gotten that to the table and and Skype was a really nice way to, to make that work. How about you?
0: So for me, there's two big things that jump out and obviously I think one of them is going to be pretty obvious to, to listeners and, um, That's Sleeping Gods. I just really loved Sleeping Gods so much. It is a game that, you know, if I sit down and really start thinking about, you know, my five favorite games of all time, like this game easily could fight for a spot there. So for me, having that opportunity to play that game and and play it as much as we did, I feel very fortunate for uh, because and, you know, actually, we we talked with Jerry about this, too. It is a little like there's a lot going on and you have a lot to keep track of and there's a lot of books that you got to flip through and and so there is it is a little finicky you know when it comes to all of that stuff but uh the world that was created the gameplay that's tied to it uh the combat that's part of it the exploration that happens there and having a a, a you know that what your goal is and trying to look for like clues in every place you go that might lead you towards that goal. I'm um, having some places be like complete other, like mini side quests that you're going on that you didn't even know was going to be like a mini side quest. You're going on just really well-designed game, really cool um, experience to go through. And I do think an app or something helping guide you would make it that much better, but I think just for even what it is. And, and if you can get past the fiddliness of it, um, is an absolutely great experience. So for me, um, Sleeping God's definitely kind of like the high point for gaming uh, for the year for me so far. Uh, but in addition to that, um, a, a game I just talked about a couple of weeks ago, Fields of Arl or Arla, depending again who you talk to. <laughs> uh, I know it's a game that for many people probably sounds <laughs> maybe like tear-inducing boring uh I, I really enjoy it there's just something about those really heavy crunchy games that where you can just kind of go off and be like you know what i'm going to try this strategy and i'm going to have the time to see it play out and see if it works and maybe it will and that'll be great and maybe it won't and then i'll feel silly but hey y- there's just so many options of like the way that you can approach every game you sit down to play that it it's just so su- It's hard to find something else like that when they talk about, uh, you know, video games being really immersive and giving you the opportunity to, like, approach things in any way that you want to. Like, I just feel like that Fields of Arla really uh, have that in a a board game that you can really take a lot of different routes to try to get to that victory. um, And, you know, whether it be focusing on goods or focusing on animals or. You know, focusing on trade, like you have so many different options of what you can do and, and how you can approach it uh, and what is a, again, relatively simple layout of like take an action, but then it's just deciding which action of the 30 you want to take
1: too um, many choices
0: <laughs> Well the really only 15, uh, but still, you know, depending <laughs> on the season so 15 each season but yeah uh, i I just really really love it and then i think the final thing is actually this the game i talked about today which is why i wanted to mention it briefly uh parks like i was really Mm. surprised at how much i enjoyed parks it you know i'd heard really good things about it i i it was a game that's kind of always been uh on the radar of a game to play and i and finally getting it to the table like it's just so much fun it's such just a cool different way to approach a game and it's got these you know tarot size cards uh, that that have art from the different parks in the united states and just beautiful uh and just really nice fun unique gameplay with it um i really enjoy it and it's something that i want to keep playing um so definitely like for me those three games uh, would definitely be like kind of the high watermarks um for games i played this year Nice, uh, But with that, Josh, you know, we'll obviously do like a full prediction show, <laughs> you know, when, when 2022 starts and when yeah probably be our first show back. Uh, but what are you currently looking forward most to when it comes to board games for 2022, whether it be specific games, opportunities to play with people, whatever it might be? Like, what are you looking forward to the most when it comes to 2022 for board games?
1: I have so many games I'm looking forward to that I'm just more worried about not having the time to play with people really is what my (laughs) worry is for 2022 but um yeah i i uh, uh i'm excited to play unsettled with my gaming group um that's something we just have to make time to play uh and i told them i'm happy to like give up a gloomhaven night because you know that was a big purchase for um Joe to make for us to play uh and it came with a bunch of boxes so we got to get those cracked uh <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to frosthaven coming out this coming year 2022
0: can i i'm just gonna say interject really quick how are you gonna like are you just gonna keep playing gloomhaven are you gonna switch to frosthaven like how are you gonna decide what to do because i haven't even started gloomhaven and i have frost coming
1: yeah i you know I'm, i've been thinking about it i don't know um we have done a lot more scenarios than I thought we did in Gloomhaven when we mm-hmm. were, we played the other night. And I was really, um, when I was picking my character, one of the um, retirement uh, goals that I could choose from out of the two was complete six side quest scenarios under scenarios 51, like less than 51. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to figure out how many we had. And we only had like 16 that we hadn't done under 51.
0: Oh goodness.
1: And that doesn't and we didn't even look above 51 because sometimes you unlock something earlier that's like a different number. So I feel like we're further ahead than we thought we were. Um so we could be ready to play Frosthaven by the end of next year, but honestly, something that I talked to to my Gloomhaven um clan about is one of the things I'm most looking forward to, and I can't call it broken token anymore because it's not whatever the insert is, is having the two guys over for a night of us just building the insert and looking at the components. That's what I'm honestly the most excited for. We'll get to Frost Saving when it's time. I'm not going to rush that, but I'm really excited to open that box up and do it as a group because the first time I just had one of my one of my buddies come over and he helped me do the broken token insert for gloomhaven, um, which was fun. we had a good time and it took a long time, so i'm I'm really looking forward to just kind of like that board game bonding night, so to speak. Um, I'm also looking forward to foundations of Rome because uh, I know I can play that two players so I can play that with my wife. Uh, and probably everything else I have kickstarted that's coming out next year. Marvel Dice Throne. Um, I'm excited to hopefully go back to PAX Unplugged next year. Um, If not, PAX Unplugged, maybe try to do a different convention like... I don't know that I want to do Gen Con. That might be crazy. Uh, Was it one of them like Granite State Con or something like that? Something like one of those. Maybe do somewhere different. Um, But I'm excited to do more board gaming next year in general, so... Uh, And then, yeah, to see what all these new games coming out next year are going to be. How about you?
0: So for me, I was actually just looking at uh, my Kickstarter pledge, like (laughs) the things I've backed. Uh, One thing, it's amazing how different the amount of communication is between different games, especially even like games that have... Between companies that have kickstarted many games and like just still the different levels of communication that have happened there, because like, um, I actually have kind of a, a lot of games coming that I'm excited about. Obviously, we talked about Frosthaven, that's coming. Uh, I think Foundations of Rome is actually my oldest Kickstarter that has not backed that has not happened. That I've is not it older
1: yet. than Frosthaven?
0: uh yeah well they were like within a week a week of each oh, was other. It that close? but yeah okay. so they were very very close to each other uh but foundations of rome yeah it's further down on my list by like it goes frost Ape, frost Haven, good puppers which i got hey. uh, and then foundations of rome so they're there i think they launched within like a week of each other uh so yeah they're pretty close uh but so you know ha- have foundations of rome coming frosthaven coming excited about both of those uh, but outside of that, when I look at my other games that have, that are on their way, uh, Darwin's Journey, which I'm really excited about, mm. Carnegie Deluxe Edition, Keystone North America, which I definitely oh, is yeah, a I game bet that, that too. is supposed to be coming over the summer, um, Chai Tea for two, uh, which is like when I was just referring to, like they're, they don't update anywhere near as often as like everyone else does. Yeah. Um, and then marvel dice throne and i ended up getting assassin's creed valhalla or log dice game
1: Uh, Uh, yeah so that's
0: (laughs) actually supposed to come that was supposed to come this month uh but they had like really bad weather in canada and the um where it had shipped to the port that it had gone to was like in i don't know if it was in canada or in alaska but they couldn't like ship things down via rail because like the railways had out the railroads had um had actually like washed out so they had to like rebuild railroads yeah. um yeah so that so that wasn't really their fault like the game was like done actually and shipped to be here um and then just weather things were were ridiculous happening there so uh, i'm really excited about pretty much all of those the assassin's creed thing was more of like i just really liked valhalla so i got it i don't even know that i i don't really love orlog but i was like i really it's like more of a collectors item anything. yeah more so but, I mean, for the games that I have coming from a Kickstarter perspective, uh, Foundations of Rome is the one I'm definitely most excited about. But I'm actually really looking forward to all of these. Um, there are things that I, I am very be very happy to get. Plus, Familiar Tales is on its way. Yes. And that should be coming in January, theoretically. Uh, so I'm really just excited for the year. And then um, the other big thing that I have uh, that I picked up, and I don't remember if I've talked about it on the show or not, but I got a copy of My City.
1: You, um, oh i think you told me after the show
0: yeah it's like i think i told you but i don't think i talked about it and that actually i'm hoping to play here over winter break um and, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about that at the beginning uh of the year when we get back and record again together uh so I really when i look at all of the games that are like sitting there ready to go i still have parks set up on my table because i want to play that more um i'm actually really excited about uh 2022 when it comes to board games because i have yeah. even if i back nothing else which i know isn't going to happen but even if i don't back anything else uh i have a really good group of games coming that i'm really excited to play
1: let's see what's on kickstarter right now let's see if i can get you to back something right now okay
0: we'll take we'll 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 do a couple minutes to see if josh can make me back something we'll see what happens i don't know that there is anything right now i mean you there is borderlands and you backed out of that one
1: yeah listen man i'm so sick of these kickstarters I just want a game that when I back it, I get the the full game. What can I do? Every Seamon game, and Horizon Zeraton and Pacific yeah. Rim, and pretty much every other game I've been excited about um, that I haven't been able to buy, I'm sick of it. I'm mad at it. <laughs> uh, I don't say I hate a lot of things. I hate it. <laughs>
0: But, Josh, you can get the whole thing for only $365 plus shipping.
1: Yeah, you know what I could probably do is just take my child tax credit and put it towards a board game. Is that what they want me to do?
0: (laughs) Apparently, yes, is what they want you to do. Hey, were you going to buy a new video game console? No, buy this board game instead. Though on that video game console, you could play every single Borderlands game that has ever existed.
1: Ugh. Ugh. Hey, there's a game called Nostalgics. It's an interdimensional uh, CCG
0: nostalgics
1: everyone is a hero
0: oh everyone's a hero okay here we go nostalgics trading card game let's take a look oh 13 days to go it's got almost a million dollars Hmm. the art looks pretty cool it does look kind of neat
1: yeah it has Add-ons that are sold out—that's probably a good sign for them. How you sell out (laughs) add-ons?
0: Oh, oh boy, though. So this is just those straight-up buying booster boxes. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know if I'm into that though, Josh. Like, let me back up. I am into that Josh, but it scares me. So like, I don't know that I, but actually one of the things I was going to talk about and you can continue to look for it, This is, I'm not going to back this. I can tell you that right now. So if you want to look for a different uh, maybe... thing to try to get me to back, that's fine. <laughs> but one of the things I did have on my list, I have fallen down this rabbit hole. I've, I i do not even play it anymore, but I've been watching a couple magic YouTubers and it's really, hey, made you want like to get... sleight
1: of hand and stuff.
0: No, not like that. Like magic, the gathering, but I appreciate the joke. <laughs> um, and it's really making me want to get, jump back into uh, MTG Arena. And because they now have like cards specific, I, from what I understand, at least, that cards that are specific to Arena that like don't work like in the tabletop world or when you're playing face like in person, but do work um, when you are playing a digital game when it comes to randomness and. Uh, and all that good stuff. Okay, this is the one that I thought maybe you might send my way, but Josh, there's only 37 hours to go for Octopus's Garden.
1: Which means you got to back it now.
0: I know. I would have to back it now. Ah, uh, Josh, do I want to buy? Um... <laughs> it just say thirty dollars.
1: It looks really cool.
0: <laughs> Fun for a whole family of octopuses, Josh. I'm not an octopus, though.
1: Yeah, uh, well, that's a good. That's a good point. So it oh, is a pretty fair.
0: good I, 30 bucks though. Like, it's a good price. A lot of to, like a, a decent amount of stuff in the box. It looks like it's pretty high production quality. Um, we'll put it here, I'll put it to the side. I want to watch a little more about <laughs> it before I decide. But you okay, may have, I almost did my it. job. <laughs> you almost did your job. So, one okay. of garden. Kickstarter exclusive wooden pearls. All hmm, maybe, maybe I want some wooden pearls, Josh. We'll have to see. Okay, potentially your, your job is done. But yeah, that's the other thing though that kind of what I was mentioning is for 2022, I might try to get into probably a digital version of a card game, whether it be Legends of Runeterra or huh. MTG Arena or something like that. Uh, I, I really miss deck building and like doing those things and kind of theory crafting. But what was kind of surprising to me is like watching MTG Arena as someone who played a ton of Magic back in the day, how much of the game has progressed where they're doing stuff that I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. And that's just really kind of an intimidating thing when it's a game that you used to know, like the back of your hand and now you look to play it and you're like, I have no clue what's happening. Uh, So we'll see, we'll see, but I, I kind of want to do that. So that's why I'm thinking maybe something like legends of Runeterra or something where I don't, I, I don't expect myself to know what's going on. Whereas when I look at magic, I expect myself to know what's going on. So my plan
1: has backfired. I have backed Octopus's garden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there we go. That's good. That's good. Whoops. <laughs> Is it really whoops? You said it looks good. So what's the problem?
1: My wife like it and my son loves octopuses. So.
0: There you go. That's great. That's my then, excuse.
1: So.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. And I like okay. the mechanic. Anything? anything else about board games josh
1: yeah i gotta stop buying them (laughs) okay
0: okay well and this one will come at the end of next year so you'll be in the clear you got some time till you get it perfect cool all right well with that then we are going to move on to recapping 2021 in video games for us uh, so Josh, overall, now I know Nintendo has sent out their like recaps, but no one else has yet, as far as I know, yeah, um other than like twitch has it I can use who you watch on Twitch if you want uh overall, how is video gaming for you josh in twenty twenty one
1: i mean be- uh better than I expected, but also oddly worse than I expected, and Ooh, I don't know tell- if that- <sighs> how do I make that make sense i I played a lot of games. I finished a significantly less amount of games than the Mm -hmm. year before. Um, I dabbled more than I would have liked. uh, We got a lot of games between the two of us together where I would say I've played... There's more games I haven't played than I have played this year. Mm -hmm. And there's more games... That I there's even more games that I've only partially played than I completed that I w- that I wanted to complete. Um, very weird year. Uh, again, again, I I can easily attribute that to work post July, June, June on. So that's that's really where um, more than half of the year for me was really tough to find time to video game. Uh, so it was tough. So I played a little bit of a lot of things, but I also played almost nothing of a lot of things. So, uh, from what I did play and what I did finish, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my time with a lot of games. But, like, man, we didn't even play Dark Pictures Anthology.
0: No, we didn't.
1: We didn't finish It Takes Two. No, we didn't. Um, there's so many other games, and like, I know that we don't usually give ourselves a lot of time to do attack pictures. We give ourselves two nights in a row and it just, the game was broken. So we couldn't play it. Uh, And that happens, but there's a lot of um, um, disappointments for me for the year. I think overall it's still a positive year, but there's a lot more things I wish I had time to get to.
0: Yeah. I hear you there. Uh, And maybe we should set up some time over break if you have it. Year, yeah, I'm
1: on days uh, so on some like for at least a week, so there's definitely nights I'm available,
0: yeah, because between and I'm off between Christmas and New Year's, so hmm. I've vacation that whole time, so yeah, maybe, maybe we can set something up, but we can stream it, we could. <laughs> Nothing says the new year like playing some dark pictures anthology, yes. I
1: will, <laughs> I was, I mean, uh, I don't, the Twitch app is not great, but um. I was like moments away from setting up a board of video games Twitch channel. So I think I'll still do that so that we can do that in the future. Oh, that
0: sounds good. And we could, you know, probably do some Twitch streaming of, you know, digital board games and stuff. It'd be great.
1: We certainly could.
0: So, uh, So for 2021, for me, it was a weird year because I came in being excited about a couple of games. Had a couple games that surprised me that I was not either didn't know about or was not anticipating enjoying as much as I did. Yeah. But overall it was kind of like you said, it was a better year than I anticipated it was going to be. But because my expectations were so low for it overall, (laughs) uh, I don't know if that's saying much. And that's not a knock on like anything that came out this year. I just really think that there was very few times when I felt really stoked To be part of video games, right? Like sure. as a whole, just with everything that went on this year, uh, it it really seemed like it was just a tough year. Now, again, some great games came out. We had some really, especially some really great indies that came out. Like there were some excellent, excellent games this year that those people should be applauded and commended for their work and for for releasing a game at all. Because releasing video games is very hard. Yeah. But overall, you know, until really the last eight weeks of the year (laughs) there was really no like hitters for the most part right like until Mm -hmm. xbox released forza and halo like there were some bigger games but there wasn't like you know outside of like your Madden's, your call of duties like there was there wasn't a ton of like triple a move the industry forward games this year yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with the state of the world right there were things that were supposed to come out this year and didn't uh, so, I I think as a result, it has helped me put my expectations in check that I just am not anticipating much of anything until like two weeks before it's supposed to come out. If we haven't heard it's delayed, then maybe I'm like, okay, we're good to go. But at this point, I just assume everything is going to get delayed for moving forward and that makes it a little more challenging to be excited about it just because Mm. not that i'm not still interested but i don't want to like set myself up to get excited about something and then have it not happen and then be like oh darn now i'm bummed that this thing didn't happen so i'm just kind of waiting and seeing and being interested but uh, i think i gained less in 2021 than i did in 2020 (laughs) and like you my number of games i did not finish way high so many games i didn't finish this year that i just lost interest in or weren't grabbing me or whatever it might be. So now the good thing is, is right now I have a whole bunch that I'm trying to finish that I'm excited about finishing, (laughs) but this has been a, a feeling that I didn't have until the very end of the year. So um, you only have until
1: February to get them done.
0: I know. Oh my gosh, (laughs) dude. Sifu looks so cool.
1: I, you know what? I actually intentionally didn't watch any of it, but I probably should watch at least Alana's video or something because um, I do want to see a little bit of it.
0: Josh, it looks so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's stuff coming out in January, though, too. Oh, yeah. Pokemon.
1: Archaeus.
0: Archaea. Yes. We'll talk yes, about Archaeus. that later. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so, Josh, then kind of building off that, how do you feel the year was for the industry, for the business Ooh. of video games? How do you think the year was?
1: It was a rough year for the industry. Um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, PR won't talk. <laughs> um. Chip shortage, shipping containers falling over. Um, it's been a tough year for the board game industry. Uh, board game, I'm looking at the, rock, the video game industry, um, and uh, yeah, they kind of gave everyone this false sense of um, COVID will be over.
0: Yeah,
1: when they were talking about all these delays in 2020. Uh, without maybe directly saying it, but it was kind of implied. So uh, definitely the, the video game industry was hit pretty hard. People were still learning how to video game develop from home uh, to a degree. Like some studios like already had it down pat, but this was a thing where the whole industry had to uh, change. Uh, but I will say this. I think it was probably a pretty profitable year based on acquisitions. And movements and studios being signed and announcements for future games. I feel it's probably still a pretty good year for them, but it wasn't without its um, bumpy detours. But again, another industry probably helped out a lot by the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it was a a bad year for the video game industry on so many levels, right? (laughs) Number one, we are over a year since the launch of the next gen consoles and you still cannot walk into the store and buy one yeah. with the exception maybe of the xbox series s series s yeah they're still around mostly there. available but outside of that like you cannot go in and buy a, a series x or a ps5 like ever like they're just yep. impossible to get still and and that is not a good situation for anyone for xbox for playstation for the consumer there's, yeah. for the game developers like that's not a good situation for anyone uh so that is really making it a tough tough year um and i think genuinely like even though we know from the playstation side like if horizon hadn't intended to have a playstation 4 edition like i think it would now because they would they need it se- they would need it to sell <laughs> yeah. to, you know like they'd have to sell it to someone yeah. uh, so in retrospect it actually probably was a good thing uh for a reason they did not anticipate uh so that i think has been challenging obviously all the stuff with activision blizzard and just the working conditions, um, just it, it makes it hard to be like, yeah, I'm a video game player and video games are awesome. <laughs> I mean, are they like, you know, like when you hear about all the things that are going on and the experiences that people have. Uh, it, it just there there were very few times that there was general news about video games and it was good news or that the good news could get out of the shadows of all of the bad news, right? right? So that's not to say that nothing good happened. Good things did happen, but there was just so many not great things happening all over the place that it just felt like a bummer a lot of the time <laughs> to like read the news. Yeah. And kind of like you said to like the continued consolidation of the industry, the industry, like is it becoming more and more controlled by the major players? And I have no doubts that independent studios are still going to be spun off and created that a company gets acquired. So someone leaves and they create their own indie studio. That stuff is going to continue to happen, but there's only so much money to go around. Right. So like those people are still going to get need to get money from somewhere to make their game. Yeah. Who do you go to then, you know, you go to one of the big ones. And I think that includes the embracer group. And then we just heard that, you know, Tencent just bought turtle rock. Right. Like the, you know, these consolidations are continuing to happen. I think Garrett posted in the discord that like Tencent bought or invested in a hundred different game companies this year. Yeah. You know, that's ridiculous, you know, and I think that's just going to continue to happen. There's, there is this arms race of content for consoles you can't get. Uh, so it, it's just kind of a really interesting situation to be in, but I, I don't think acquisitions are going to slow down. I think those are going to still continue to happen. Uh, so it was kind of a weird year. I, it was something that just, yeah, I, I who <laughs> knows, you know, like how things are going to go and what things are going to be like, and yeah, it just super super weird year. And overall, uh, I, I think probably not a good year, despite the success of things selling and and selling lots of games. Uh, I don't know that it was overall a good year for the industry from a PR perspective. So. Right. Uh, trying to turn things, you know, a little more positive, Josh, uh, sure. any characters or anything that stood out in games you played this year, like any new favorites that you're like, I really like this character now or, or someone you want to continue to learn more about anything that stood out on that aspect?
1: Uh, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about that, too, when I read it, um, specific characters. I mean, maybe not. I mean I I wanna say the main character from Eternal, but I can't even think of her name. So like does Celine. that make it memorable? Yeah, Celine. <laughs> so I really enjoyed her character and um the main character from Deathloop I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um uh, their characters. I would consider them memorable for sure. Um But I, I can't think of anything where I'm like from this year where i'm like i can't wait to see where this story goes next like i'm happy with the games i played and with the characters i experienced the games with but i don't know that i have a uh, a favorite uh, out of them
0: gotcha i have a uh, quite a few actually that stuck out to me which is part of the reason that i uh <laughs> put this down yeah i figured that you must have yeah, some, yeah. i just had, i had a lot of characters and i'm really surprised because I have some characters that really stuck with me more than maybe even the games that they were in did. Sure. Um, and I'm not saying this is true for this first one, but like, I really like rivet from ratchet and clank. Okay. Like I yeah. think she's great. And though I st- still really like ratchet, like I would totally take like a rivet standalone game, or if they always have you play like as potentially rivet moving forward. Like I am a hundred percent down for that. I thought rivet was great. Uh, I think she was a really fun, cool, nice addition. Um, And maybe poten- I, I think the new iteration of Ratchet, Ratchet, and was a little standoffish. Originally, Ratchet and Clank got a little more lovable as time went on, but just like with where Ratchet is at right now, I think he's a really lovable, easy to like character, and I think Rivet fits easily right alongside that. Like, yeah. I think she's a, a really nice addition. Uh, kind of building off that, Alex Chen from Life is Strange. Uh, I think a part of that has to do with just the quality of the voice acting that was done for that character. And I know historically Life is Strange has, you know, moved on to different stories. They have some that are duplicates, others that are new. I would love to see more Alex Chen, you know, in in the future. Uh, So I I would be cool with another game kind of involving her and and sticking with that for a bit. Uh, So, yeah, I really enjoyed Alex Chen. I, I thought she was great. Um, and then (laughs) this is kind of a funny one. Uh, and I don't know what to call it other than, uh, the main character from chicory. Um, and the reason I say that is like chicory is a character in the game, but not the character you play as. Yeah. And you get to name your character at the start. And it asks the game asks you what your favorite food is, and that becomes your character's name. So my wow. character's name my character's name was tacos. Um, so for <laughs> me, tacos was great <laughs> because there was a lot of fun things that happened. Uh, so I guess that's a spoiler. I guess if you play trickery, you just know that when they ask you your favorite food, that's gonna be your character's name. Um, but. Yeah, I just that everything that kind of that character goes through and the experience that they have, uh, the interesting like ways that they kind of weave in um, some gameplay things with that character is just really fun and really cool. Um, Yeah, so I I really liked (laughs) tacos uh, as well. I thought it was great. Uh, And, you know, I do think that Celine is is a worthy mention there from Returnal because, you know especially once you get further and kind of realize what her story is all about but she's also just like you know we don't see a lot of like middle-aged women as sure. like, the lead character in a video game and you know she definitely fits that bill and, and is an interesting uh character with a lot of depth to her and uh yeah i think you know i don't <laughs> i don't know depending on how far you get in the game i don't know that we're going to see her <laughs> in any other games moving sure. forward uh but i think she's a great character and i, I think she was uh, pretty fun uh, any memorable or favorite music of this year, Josh?
1: You know, maybe not specifically music, but there is one thing that I think of when you say that, and um, I I, I, I want to say it's the DualShock controller, the PlayStation 5. What is, what is it? it's called? DualShock 5? DualSense. DualSense. I think the DualSense really took it up a level from what I was expecting it to be gimmicky to being something that, like, like Returnal specifically, while Returnal has some incredible music, you kind of don't even realize how much audio is coming out of your controller while you play the play the game, until you, unless you try to, like, focus on it, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then, like, a honorable mention to the Astrobot soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Um, which I really, re- like, probably the only video game soundtrack besides Hades, that I've listened to on Spotify uh multiple times. So I really did enjoy the music from Astrobot's Playroom. Playroom? Yeah. Astrobot's Playground. Playroom. The PlayStation 5 one, whatever
0: it's called. <laughs> Which I mean technically was last year, but that's cool.
1: Oh, was it last year? Shoot. Yeah, it was last year. Nah, I hate okay. it. <laughs> no, that's still works.
0: It's totally fine. Totally fine. I just know that somebody was gonna say something. So it was just pointing out that we recognize that is totally okay. Now
1: edit it out. I hate that game. I don't <laughs> like the music from it. It's garbage. It's oh, made by man. some dude on on a garage band on his Mac 2 at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, for me from a music standpoint, uh, I think there were a couple games that really did a good J good job of like their soundtrack setting the tone for the world i think actually returnal is a great pick for that like yeah the way that audio is used in returnal not i mean a the soundtrack but the sound and the soundtrack if you just like listen to the soundtrack on spotify you might not be like this is good Uh, but in the context of the game it really helps to build out the game world in really exceptional ways Uh, so i think from that perspective that soundtrack is very very good uh one that i think we've talked about before (laughs) and i know it's kind of Maybe this is just because we like controls so much too, but like the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, not even oh, yeah, licensed sure. songs aside, yeah. like the stuff that they created specifically for the game is great. Yes. Um, and and I really enjoy <laughs> that they created a whole like 80s rock band, um, to, yeah. to do a ton of that stuff. And and like I have listened to that soundtrack, and it is good. Like if you like that kind of music, um, it's pretty darn great. And I think one too that for me that kind of, um. Stands out that we didn't talk about as much, and I didn't get as far in this game as I would like to have was Tales of Arise. That soundtrack mm. is, that soundtrack slaps, it's so yeah. good. Um, but, but it is very like if you've played some JRPGs, you know what you're gonna get, but it's done really, really well. Um, so I really enjoyed that soundtrack. And finally, uh, I know why am I blanking on the name of this game, Josh? Uh, it was a game that is oh, there we go. I'm like, why am I blanking on Death Store? That soundtrack again mm. for setting a create a sense a a sense of place did a really really nice job. Um, it's very out of the way. It doesn't. It's not in your face. It's very subtle, um, but it does a really good job of helping set the tone um, and feeling for that place. So, um, definitely, I think some some good video game music this year, um, and, and maybe some non traditional good music in that sense that maybe you're not going to sit down and listen to it, but in the context of the game uh absolutely amazing so josh before we get to our favorite games i have to ask yeah is there any games you were disappointed in this year
1: i mean probably but i i don't uh nothing comes to mind right away well that's you know man i played a bunch of games that i didn't like and i just can't think of them so i guess i just put them out of my brain Mm -hmm. um I think I was disappointed with that store based off of the hype that was led to me to play it. That's right. But but that's okay. Like, I mean, we talk about this all the time about how every game doesn't have to be for us. And I would definitely say that is certainly the case for this game for me. Um, But I'm trying to think of a game that I was like really looking forward to that I pre-ordered or bought that was disappointing to me. And I don't know... You could probably tell me, it and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, of course," but I, I don't know that I have one in my memory, because um, uh, I can't even. Yeah, I I can't think of one, but I'm sure there are some, for sure. In fact, if I Google "most disappointing games," so will the games come up.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would wow, assume worst
1: some are come out. games of twenty twenty one.
0: Well, that's probably just gonna give you someone a some jerk
1: games. some jerk must have put a list out like this right <laughs> <laughs> who who would be yeah, yeah, here we go, fifteen worst games of twenty twenty one why why make why make a list why someone put recompile on here that's a good game, I played that that was fun. <laughs> they put skatebird on there, I don't know why they would do that, that oh Biomutant. okay, I guess I would say. I was disappointed by the promise of Biomutant. I wasn't disappointed with the game. Right. I think I must be a glass half full guy when it comes to games, because clearly not for my life, but for games. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because I liked what I played for Biomutant, um, even though I I agree with a lot of people's criticisms about the narrator and stuff. Um, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance is on here. I agree. That game isn't great, but I played it cooperatively with Lucas, and I had a blast. Right. And I would I would keep playing it, no question. Um, I guess I'll throw 12 minutes on that list. Okay. Uh, because uh, I very quickly got tired of what that game wanted me to do. Okay. And, and then when I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to play this game. I might as well figure out what it's about. And then I was like, "Thank God I didn't play this game," <laughs> um, because wow, I would have been very mad. I wouldn't even like. Someone has Outriders on their list. I wouldn't even include Outriders. Outriders is on my list of games I wish I played more of.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, had I purchased it, I, I might have said Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy, The Definitive oh, Edition, shit, yeah. like whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, just, just because historically that is not what we expect. Uh, Now, granted, I know that uh, Rockstar was not doing that in-house. It was a a different studio that they hired to do that. But that's not typically something we'd expect from them. If I was going to pick a disappointing game for me, um, I probably would have picked Outriders. But even that doesn't feel right because I enjoyed what I played of it. I just don't know that it met the expectations that I had for it.
1: Sure, sure.
0: So I guess in that context it was disappointing but over but it's a good game like it plays well like yeah. it, it just you know didn't what didn't quite hit what I was hoping it was going to be for me but it, it's not bad you know it just uh I, I, there are people who really like that game uh, yeah. I think it just didn't quite land for me the way I was hoping it to. But outside of that, kind of like I said, since my expectations were pretty low for the year, I, I don't know that I have uh, a lot of games that really disappointed me, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that on that front. And I'm wondering if Devin, um, if you want to put it in Discord, Devin, I'm curious how much more, because Devin was as equally as excited for Outriders as we were. Oh, gotcha. Uh, So I just just don't know how much time he put into it without directly asking him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And maybe I am. There are games that I was planning to play that I didn't. Yeah. Same. Based off of kind of how they reviewed and how things were going with that with them. So that, you know, might be might play into how I felt about them. Like I never played Jet the Far Shore. I had been interested in that game and then I didn't play it. Um had I played Battlefield 2042 or been into Battlefield, maybe I would have been disappointed. I didn't pick up this year's Call of Duty because right. I didn't hear great things about it. So I did just skip a lot of games. Uh, so maybe that's why I also just don't have you know hmm. a lot of things that disappointed me is that um, I was a bit more selective than maybe I have been in, in past years. So sure, cool. So, with that, Josh, uh, should we have some spread some good news and some cheer and talk about our five favorite games of the year?
1: Sure. Let's spread our good news and let our haters criticize us for the ones we pick.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah. And remember, these are our favorite games. We're not saying they're the best. We're not saying that like my. Oh, number I one am is,
1: saying they're the best.
0: You're saying they're the best. That's fine. I'm <laughs> saying these are my favorite games. I'm kidding. Um, of that course not. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, our, just our favorite games that we played this year. Um, you know, just go ahead. We'll kind of go back and forth and just, you know, let us know what the game is. and Just a little blurb as to why you picked it and kind of where it ended up. Um, and we'll just kind of work our way through. So, Josh, what's your number five?
1: My number five? Well, let me put this disclaimer out. Ragnarok VR came out in 2020, and I was very devastated to learn that because that would have been my number five.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. That I would have been excited if it was your number five, but, you know, yeah, to follow the out, rules, I suppose.
1: Came out in 2020. Um, I had to look it up because it wasn't on the list of 2021 games that i was looking through um so yeah so keep that in mind if you have a vr get ragnarok for the love of god i know (laughs) lucas got it and he loves it oh good um my number five game for 2021 is ratchet and clank rift apart
0: wow you hate platformers josh
1: I hate platformers, and somehow, you know what? If I liked platformers, this would probably be like number one or two for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that like keep that in mind, because I do not like platformers, and this is a platformer. So for it to be my number five game of the year, it really had to be something special.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised and it's I, that high.
1: And I want that to be noted, because I don't want it to be like, oh, it's like his least favorite favorite game. Not not really the case <laughs> at all. Um, I just really enjoyed the game. I really enjoyed the time I spent with it. I really enjoyed um, uh, it taking advantage of next-generation hardware from the controller to the graphics processors to the console itself. I really enjoyed the diversity in levels. Um, I don't typically like backtracking in games, but they didn't really make it feel like it was that bad. Right. When I would have to go back and revisit places or try to clean up like achievements or, or mm-hmm. trophies or whatever. I like the story. I didn't love the story, but I like the story. It's funny. It's quirky. Uh, I didn't really dislike any of the characters, which is important. I feel like if I had to play Clank more, I would have liked the game less. Yeah. Um, But I didn't. So I like the game just fine. Number five for 2021. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, My number five is a game that uh, Josh hates. Uh, but my number five is Death's Door.
1: I don't, okay, all right, I guess I deserve that. Okay, a game that Josh doesn't
0: like, (laughs) no, it's okay, uh, or it didn't quite. It's the Far
1: Cry five, yeah,
0: it's Josh, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. This is your Far Cry five, Death's Door. Uh, so that's a bad
1: way to put it, (laughs) (laughs) it's not my Far Cry five. Uh, so
0: Death's Door. You know, obviously, a game we've talked about a ton on this podcast. It's got a, a ton of coverage. Uh, I this game might have been higher had it not been for the way the game ended, and not the, the not the story part of the end, but just kind of like I talked about it. It really kind of hits almost like boss rush mode at the yeah. end of the game, and. For me, had that been a little more spread out or had all those bosses been a little more intermixed in there, uh, this might have been a little bit higher on the list. I I think they create a really interesting world. There's a fun, I shouldn't say fun, uh, intriguing mystery as to kind of what's going on, like what your purpose is, why you're trying to go out and do what you do. Uh, I will say there was one part of the game where I got a bit confused as to where I was supposed to go. um, And and trying to figure out kind of where I needed to go next to kind of progress what, what the story was going on. Uh, but overall, like, the art direction is amazing. The sound design is great. The combat is good. I wouldn't say it's great. But the combat is good. Uh, and there's a bit of variety of what you have going on there. There's definitely some upgrades. There's some, if you want to, like, dive really deep into the world, there are a ton of, like... um mysteries to solve and other things to kind of go explore if you want to or you can really stick to just like the mainline game if you want to um, and get through it so overall I think it's a really great experience if you like the old Zelda games I I do think this is a pretty good progression on what those games might have become today so overall Death Store really enjoyed the experience it's my number five of the
1: year. Nice. Uh,
0: Josh what is your number four?
1: <clears throat> my number four is Resident Evil Village
0: Resident
1: Evil. Yes, that's the one. Um, I spent a lot of quality time with peas on my crotch playing Resident <laughs> Evil Village. That could be that part of the like reason it? why I love it so much. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed... I don't... You know, I really enjoyed this game a lot because it had been a minute since I really revisited a Resident Evil game. Um, one of the the like you have to be able to understand how crazy Resident Evil is to enjoy this game. Um or really any Resident Evil game at this at past five. Um but what I liked about this was it was telling a relatively cognizant story where you were able to understand to a degree what was going on and they did this really i think in my opinion this uh, a really very well balanced um boss mix so it's very much mega money where you complete an area and you take on a boss and then you go to a different area and you take on the boss from that area and i like that because it's it you know what you're doing and why you're there and what you're there to do And once you do this thing, you know you're moving on. There's significantly less backtracking in Resident Evil um, than I have been experienced to previous Resident Evils. Uh, (laughs) There were some good jump scares that got me. Uh, I really enjoyed the combat. The shooting felt great. Um, I really liked everything about it. Uh, Just a really fun experience, but obviously there's some things I just can't, move it forward for on the whole um, crazy train that is Resident Evil. <laughs> um right. So that, that's kind of stopping it from being higher on my list. For sure. But really, it's just story beats. It's, it's not controls, combat, anything like that. Just the story really holds it back a little bit.
0: For sure. All right. So my so we talked about this a bit but i had 10 games vying for my number five spot yeah uh and depending on when i did like in a day you know death store might not be my number five anymore but my top four i knew right away like i'm like these are the four locked in i and i it was a little bit of figuring out order of them but my top four i knew right away like i said death store at five there were literally nine other games i was considering for that position Um, And like I said, that might change um, depending if I actually finish some of the games that I haven't finished yet. Yeah. Uh, But my number four is a game that I haven't finished. I don't know if I'll ever quote unquote finish it. And it's a game that surprised the heck out of me because a year ago or when this game was revealed, I would have told you there's no way I'm going to play that game and enjoy it as much as I did. And my number four is Riders Republic. Josh, I freaking (laughs) love this game. It is so fun. Now, there's a lot to not like about this game. Let me be clear. The dialogue is super cringeworthy, like the story (laughs) that is going on around it. I don't care about at all. Yeah. But the game playing the game is so fun. And the mass races that they do where you have a whole bunch of people going down together, flipping through the different modes of like jet suiting and then biking and then skiing and then moving on to another area and then back to the jet suit. Like it is so cuckoo bananas. Such a good time. Yeah. And you can really make the game like whatever you want. If you just want to go ahead and like do the snow stuff, do that. If you want to just do the bike stuff, do that. I I cannot believe how much I enjoy this game. A, a game I never A thought I was gonna play, but B never thought if I did play, I would like. And I absolutely adore playing Riders Republic. Every time I log on to or go to start playing video games, it's like the one that I want to play the most, and I have to like force myself wow. to play other things.
1: And um, you we, can feel extra better about it because we got it through me donating to Sean Capri's extra life. So also you helped sick kids.
0: Yeah, well, you helped sick kids, well, and I was a beneficiary we as well. We yeah. did. <laughs> so uh yeah. So my number four surprises the heck out of me. Yeah. my number four is Riders Republic. Uh so Josh, what's your number three?
1: Hey, my number three surprised the heck out of me, a game I had never heard of that came out of the blue. It isn't Riders Republic. Um, it is quite uh literally the opposite game of Riders Republic. Uh it, it is inscription. There are no okay, bikes. Nice. There are no mountains. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are cards, not bikes. Uh inscription was a game. I didn't uh know about it and the only reason i found out about it was because randomly alana pierce was playing it Mm -hmm. on a stream and i was like what the heck is this game she typically like post videos like the first hour of said game and i usually i'll watch the first 10 minutes just to see and the first hour of inscription i literally only intended to watch 10 minutes i watched the whole hour of her playing, not even realizing that it was that long. And I was like, I have to play this game. And it did not disappoint. And and it still doesn't disappoint. I haven't finished it yet. But I've put in enough time to know um, that this game is so unique and original and oddly charming. And the more you play, the weirder the game gets. (laughs) And I love that about this game. Uh, and I, and, uh, typically before we record, I, I usually come in the room an hour before we record to try to fiddle through steam games or something. And, and it's always been inscription recently and today I didn't get in here early enough, but it's something that I look forward to playing every time I play it. Even when I'm losing and struggling, um, I haven't, um, gone to the internet for answers yet i really feel like i'm finding this game on my own i really enjoy it um it shouldn't be a surprise right it's from Devolver for digital they do weird great crazy games all the time but like man this game really surprised me and i i really really any other year this could have been number one
0: yeah i hear you uh inscription is one of my games that was a possibility for the number five. Sure, uh, I'm just not quite far enough in it at this point, I think, to be able to, like, solidly put it there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was one of the games, though, in contention for sure. But that's a great pick. Uh Thanks. People really, really love that game. And it, it is something that they're. even if you're like, well, there's gameplay, initially gameplay that's similar to this, the longer you play it, you're going to realize there's really nothing else like that. No, there's game. nothing
1: like it, yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, all right, my number three uh, is probably not going to come to any surprise that this game is on my list maybe the place that is on my list might be a bit of a surprise uh, but my number three is Returnal. Uh, nice. I'm a huge Housemark fan I, I really love Housemark and everything they've done previously uh, I was a bit nervous about their foray into doing like a 3D big like quote-unquote triple-a game but I was cautiously optimistic because everything they had shown for Returnal looked great uh, and luckily it is great. Uh, Returnal is a really excellent game. It is definitely challenging and I know that turns some folks off and they obviously have added now like the mid-run save option <laughs> that you can do that came, you know, months and months after the game came out. Uh, so, you know, that part I think really made or bro- broke some people about whether they enjoyed this game or not. But I think from a how they tell, choose to tell a story in that game, I, I it's not... Here, here's I think the thing that hurts Returnal is that for a roguelike, like Hades had just come out, right? And really showed how well you can tell a story in a game like that. Yeah. I think Returnal, had, if Hades didn't exist, Returnal would be like what people were looking at of being like sure. telling a story in a roguelike. They just were a little a few months too late, right? And you can't yeah. obviously change what you're doing at that point when you're like, oh my gosh, look at what they did with this. This is so amazing. Um, So it is a really good, interesting kind of dark uh story that's told i think as the second best way of telling a story (laughs) in roguelite uh so but just the gameplay is second to none the way that um audio is used the the integration with the dual sense like all of that together there is no other experience like playing returnal um and as a result it's a great Great. experience if you're looking for a pure action game that's going to test your how good are you at video games uh, Returnal is a great game to pick up, and it looks pretty stunning as well. So, uh, for me, pretty easy number three. That's Returnal. Josh, what's your number two?
1: Well, first I would say Returnal is, is. I wanted to put it on my list, but I hadn't played it enough. Yeah. For it to get in there, um, in fact, Resident Evil Village is a reason why I didn't play more Returnal because <laughs> <laughs> I would have just been playing that if I didn't buy Resident Evil Village. Uh my number two of twenty twenty one is forza horizon five
0: whoa <laughs> number two it's hey, josh, my number you, two do you are you sick josh? do you have a temperature uh are you sure this is number two are you positive it's,
1: it's my number two of the year um and I don't take that ranking lightly
0: dang yo, I did not expect that.
1: It is significantly better than Forza Horizon 4. It is better than Forza Horizon 3 by just a a fraction. Uh, I love this game. I will continue to play this game for a long time. Everything that it does is great. The music's great. The cars are great. I love that every car feels different. I love that my son loves to watch me play it and asks (laughs) me to play it. Um, I just have to be, you know... (laughs) a good parent and not just let him watch video games all day as much as I would love to play video games all day. Um, it just didn't beat my number one. It's just, you know, sometimes mm. it's, it would be real easy for me to put it at number one and not have to justify it because I think everyone knows how much I love Forza Horizon. So I think that they should keep that in mind when I say what my number one is that, that this is a game that you should play if you haven't played it. But Forza Horizon Five is still a game you should play if you haven't played it, especially if you have Game Pass because you got it already. If you don't have Game Pass, get Game Pass. You should have Game Pass. <laughs> Do I know
0: uh, what your number one is?
1: Uh, I'm still talking about my number two, Kyle. Okay. Come on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, uh, it's it's just. Forza Horizon 5 shows what a studio with this pedigree can do with the time after they like after they have almost perfected their game. Like now yeah. they're like, okay, now we have our game perfected. We have a new engine. We have a new graphics. We have a new console. Let's show them what we can do. And they really didn't hold, pull back any punches with like um The physics like with destructible objects and they added a lot more things that make it um really use this console and i can't wait to see what they're going to put out for dlc it's going to be awesome i'm just you know i love this game and it would this game is more accessible to a larger audience than my number one game is Mm. So Forza Horizon 5, I think, would still be my number one recommendation if you have an Xbox.
0: Gotcha. But it is my number two game of the year. Okay. Uh, My number two is a a game that uh, I'm kind of surprised is actually my number two. I thought this, I really thought this would be my number one, but it's not. Hmm. Uh, And maybe there's a lot of reasons that might be. uh, But my number two is Ratchet & Clank.
1: Hey, um, I thought that would be your number one.
0: I thought it would be my number one as well. I really love this game. I have really nothing negative I can say about it, other than uh, it's not my number one. I guess yeah. it might be you know that this game was you know earlier a little bit earlier in the year it came out in June. Uh, but if you are looking for a reason as to why next generation consoles exist, uh, obviously we've had Forza, which now has come out and looked beautiful. But I think Ratchet and Clank was really the first game. Um, one could argue Eternal, but Ratchet and Clank was really the first game that came out and said, "Hey." We are the next generation. We are here. This is why having a next generation console is going to be helpful. Now, do we still need additional pushes forward? Yes, like we do. Like I, I don't, I don't want to stop at Ratchet and Clank, but yeah. the game is great. It looks amazing. It runs amazing. Uh, the Integration with the dual sense and the variety of weapons. Um, it's a charming, kind of rote, but charming story still. The characters are great um, and really cool environments. Excellent music. Like, theres I really don't have anything negative to say about the game. I had a great time playing it. Got the Platinum Trophy. Like, really love my experience with Ratchet & Clank. It's just not my number one. So, kind of like Forza, just isn't your number one. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet & Clank, amazing. I, I highly recommend it to everyone if you have a PS5. If you have a PS5, I think you should absolutely play this game. It just isn't quite my number one.
1: It's the first loser.
0: It is. So, Josh, with that, what's your number one favorite game?
1: Okay, so you seem to be puzzled, but here's what I want want to ask. Uh, So I feel like we're falling into that cliche where we know each other so well that we almost become the same person. So last year, did we both pick Hades as game of the year?
0: I think I had it as like three.
1: Did you two years ago we both had control? Yes, so this year we both have Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't it? Oh my
0: gosh, Uh, I with how much you had been talking so much about your love for like Forza Horizon 5, that's why I got confused because like you hadn't finished Guardians last time I talked to you, so I was like, How is this?
1: I still haven't finished Guardians, okay? I don't don't, don't, need to finish it, I'm going (laughs) to finish it. I'm just saying, um, (laughs) I don't know if this makes sense when I say this, but I saw. When I saw James Gunn's Instagram, where he, he showed a picture that Microsoft sent him a custom Guardians Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. And it came with the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And his quote was As soon as I finished Guardians 3, as soon as I finished writing Guardians 3, or fil- no, filming, this is the first thing on my list. I can't wait to play it. And the fact that he was excited to play this game that I think he'll love. Because it feels like a James Gunn game. Mm -hmm. That got me really excited. Which is totally unrelated to the game. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, this is a game that needs to be played by him. Because he created these characters. And this game is so good in sticking to the tone of these characters and the story that it feels like a third Guardians movie. Not only that, I think it's super accessible to anybody who would want to play it because you're also not burdened with extra baggage of the previous movies because the game really just uh it's different enough from the movies, but it also explains everything that's happening in its own weird quirky way. Like everything is like explained to you while there's certainly odd things that happen the dialogue between the characters really covers every story angle that they don't even have to cover in cutscenes scenes because it's happening live while you're playing it it's like a real conversation with real people experiencing something together for the first time mm-hmm. and it really feels unique to game storytelling while also feeling extremely familiar um it makes me think of Telltale Games sometimes. It makes me think of the Avengers game a lot. Um and it makes me think of Mass Effect so much. Yeah. That I just love everything about this um game. And and honestly, the reason why one of the reasons why I haven't finished it yet is because whenever I play this game, I make sure my it has my undivided attention. No one, I, no one is in, can be in the house when I play this. <laughs> I, I don't want to miss anything. I want to be focused. I really love, so that really limits my time I can play. Yeah, um, for sure. so I'm, you know, um, I just, I love everything about this game. I think it's a travesty that people aren't going to play this because it is linked to superheroes or yeah. Square Enix or whatever the people's problems are with things um i really think this is a game that should be played by everybody
0: yeah with the playstation
1: 5 or xbox series x maybe
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i i echo all of your sentiments i really was surprised at how much i love this game and maybe that's part of the reason why it still sits so high in regard for me is that i had extremely low expectations and absolutely became very smitten with it very quickly and The voice acting and the story that's told are just really, really well done. And more than ever, you know, there's always as someone who like loves third person action games, they are by far my favorite category of game to play. And I haven't had like a linear story based third person action game in a while that I felt really, really connected to and called to and that. I'm like, yes, this is like exactly what I love. And they made the boring part, the quote unquote boring parts of those games for pacing where they like, hey, you're going to kind of like walk around this area, but there's really nothing going on. Yeah, Maybe you'll learn a little bit in the environment, like all of like just the dialogue that happens there and the conversations are all important and meaningful. And even if they aren't important and meaningful, they're funny. Like they yes. do a really good <laughs> job of, of creating an environment where you truly feel like these people know each other. And, like, the tension that they create in the relationships that happen at different parts of the game are really authentically done. Like, you feel like, oh, man, like, how can I fix this? Like, what am I going to do to fix this? Because, like, I have to fix it, right? We're a team. Like, I'm going to have to fix this somehow. Like, what (laughs) am I going to do? Like, you start to really take that on. And I was just blown away by how much fun i had in this game i just every time i wasn't playing it i was thinking about playing it and every time i sat down to play this was the only thing i wanted to play um and i know there was some complaints about combat and i'm someone who really um loves like good quality is like one of the reasons i'm really excited about like horizon next year is just the combat of, yeah. and, and how yeah. that game plays I thought the combat was, like, pretty good. Like, it's not the best I've ever had, but I thought, like, the concerns about it were way overblown. Your guns do feel a little spot, like, they don't do much. It's like you're throwing pebbles at people. But, like, the directing of the other characters and, like, learning all of their additional moves that you can do and, like, kind of how you, like, tie all those things together was fun. It was, like, a fun little thing to kind of go do. So... Yeah, Guardians. I mean, it's an easy recommend. I loved it. It's super cheap everywhere right now, still. Yeah, um, for the holidays, yeah. you know. And obviously, this is after the Christmas. But um, if you if you have some gift card money uh, and are looking to pick something up, if you like a solid third person action linear story game, whew, Guardians of the Galaxy can't can't recommend it enough. I loved 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 it. So awesome. Well, there are our top five. Look at that, Josh. Two years of the last three, we've had the exact same number one last year i'm like i said i'm pretty sure hades was three because um last of us two and ghost of tsushima were my top two and then hades yeah so for me oh yeah yeah, because i had a hard
1: time picking between hades and ghost of tsushima
0: yeah so all right well with that josh uh any honorable mentions any other games that were fighting for spots or games that you just want to recognize that you're like hey this was a great game maybe it wasn't gonna ever make my top five but a game i enjoyed
1: yeah uh we talked about returnal um Deathloop is in my honorable mentions. Uh, Halo Infinite, so far, I think, is uh, uh, sh- uh, should get an invitation to this show. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. It's it's good, and Marvel's Avengers is uh, something that I think the campaign really paved the way for Guardians. Mm-hmm. The campaign for Marvel's Avengers is stunning. It is so well done. It is so true to Marvel, um, more more of the comics than the movies. But like, uh, it, if it was really just packaged and sold better, as what the game was, and not this, they just added a raid. Like this isn't people don't want Destiny from this game. They want Avengers, and the campaign was so good, and uh, it could have easily been number five if I didn't have to take into consideration the full
0: game that wasn't this year was it wasn't that last year
1: i thought it was this year well done kyle now you got me questioning <laughs> uh, <laughs> marvel's <laughs> avengers video game oh man it's like <laughs> it is like early 2020
0: yeah i thought so i was like i'm pretty positive that was last year
1: you know, I'm always entitled to one or two mess ups when we do this yeah, show it's fine. That's totally uh fine. that's an egregious one because like at least it wasn't in my top five <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true we would I would have more conversation then you gotta saw uh, me
1: earlier, Kyle <laughs> Well,
0: no, it's okay, it's okay. you know if you played it this year, that's fine. We do that with board games all the time um, any other honorable mentions or things you wanna
1: no but i i I really wanted to get um more time into Metroid Dread being one and mm-hmm. um Disco Elysium Final Cut. Oh yeah yeah. Which was a game that uh I really enjoy what I've played so far. And it's a it's a pretty huge crime I didn't play more Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So I will recti- <laughs> I will rectify that. Gotcha. Um uh, but I probably I, would have had time I probably would have had a hard time recommending it as a game of the year, because it's Three old games. Old games in one yeah. Game.
0: <laughs> Any other games that you didn't maybe play at all that you were hoping to have played this year?
1: Ah, uh, probably.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that fine. That's fine. Um, for me, my honorable mentions. So basically, the other games that were in contention that I was thinking about for that number five that were kind of bouncing around there were Metroid Dread, Chicory, Life is Strange, Halo, Kena, It Takes Two. Even though we only played not all of it, but I really loved what we played. Resident Evil Eight. Far Cry Six and in Inscription. So those are the ones that I was kind of like thinking about. Uh, what I will say is, probably a week ago, Halo Infinite would have been my number five. The uh, longer I play the campaign, what Josh, <laughs> well, the longer I play the campaign, the less I'm liking it. And not oh, that, yeah. not that it's getting, not that it's bad by any means. I'm not saying that at all. It's just that the the gameplay is very good. I just don't give a rip about the story at all so far <laughs> and the while going and doing the things in the open world are like a cool new thing for Halo. It obviously is something that's been existed in a lot of other games. They are so much the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Over. Which I understand. Like there is a way to do that. That's fun. I think. Forza Horizon 5 is a perfect example of a game that is doing the same thing over again but that thing is very very fun to do right yeah whereas this for me is getting the longer I do it the less joy it is bringing me if that makes sense that's fair. Um so when I had started I was like doing everything on the map which was maybe my fault now <laughs> I am like mainlining the story yeah because you know it just yeah so we'll see maybe it'll you know things will finish differently there and i'll, I'll like it more <laughs> but uh the longer i play it the less i'm liking it and it, that's not to say it's bad it's just not as appealing as it was sure um and the one thing that i haven't played this year that i still really really wanted to play uh, was second Nuts two i've, ah, I've downloaded yes. i just haven't played it at all yet and that would be one i think that potentially could have it's made its way into my list so cool um i didn't write this question down but I, i'm gonna ask it because we asked it for board games uh yeah. anything you're I know that Marvel's Midnight Suns had been your most anticipated game.
1: (laughs) Yes, it still is up there.
0: Is it still like, what else? Is there anything else you're looking forward to in 2022? Is that still kind of the big one? What else you got on your list that you're looking forward to for next year?
1: I want to keep it simple. So uh, Horizon Forbidden West and Marvel's Midnight Suns are like my two top right now. Um, And that could change at any moment. But um, I'm excited to play more games next year. But what I really want to do is have more of a focus on specific games yeah. instead of like just getting every game that comes out that I want to play. I hear you. Which is fun and Mm -hmm. cool to have all those games. But really what I want to do is like focus on this game and then be like, okay, now, because like so many games we got, we could have got for half price or even more of a discount. Right
0: now, yeah.
1: That we could have just been playing at that point so like the fomo is a killer i get it and i'm probably talking up my butt right now because we'll probably still buy (laughs) all those games anyways but i really want to just kind of laser line focus on horizon which isn't too far away Mm -hmm. which means i have some time to play other games before then and then whenever midnight suns comes out that's great and honestly i do i actually really am looking forward to another playthrough of cyberpunk
0: um, oh, but okay.
1: I am promising myself I'm going to wait for the next-gen patch uh, for wh- whenever that happens. But I really, 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 really love Cyberpunk. But I can't like forgive it for what also it is. <laughs> so um, once that patch comes out, I'm looking forward to playing it again.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, you had mentioned earlier and maybe this changed then uh that we would probably end up talking about pokemon legends arceus i mean are you looking forward to that are you gonna get that are you not gonna get that
1: i am gonna get that i think it looks it's funny because i was listening to donnie talk about it on psvg and he said he thinks it looks horrible and i'm like weird because i think it looks great and like maybe that speaks to him loving breath of the wild and me not yeah but when i look at that i look at I, i look at it like breath of the wild but without some of the things i don't like about breath of the wild but i also look at it as a game i can play with my wife because she likes pokemon i have an interest in pokemon i wouldn't say i like it <laughs> <laughs> um but i do i do um that game is appealing to me as an open world um where you're actively not just you don't have to like get into a battle every time you want to like walk past a pokemon where you can right. act- just try to catch some and then like the game appeals to me and it looks cool so i think i'm gonna i'm viewing that as more of a couples gaming game where we can crawl into bed at night after the kid goes down and maybe pass the controller back and forth kind of thing
0: right yeah i mean when i look into next year right now obviously february is stacked um i you know i guess i should back up really quick Pokemon, I might jump in. We'll see. Um, I have a lot of things I want to play before my first super anticipated game, which is Sifu. Yes. Um, which thank goodness they moved up two weeks. So it's coming out February eighth, which gives us I me mean, ten days to finish it before <laughs> Horizon comes out. Um and actually if you get the super fancy collectors edition, I think you get it like even two days earlier. So oh. um, maybe I'll have like twelve days to finish it before <laughs> um Horizon comes out. Cause obviously Horizon, you know, Seafood and Horizon are for games that have dates, my most anticipated. Now, there are other things I want to play that already have dates. Uh, obviously, Forspoken looks interesting. Yes. Uh, you know, they. I, I I feel like I have to still say that I'm interested in this game, though it looks way less interesting than it did when I first saw it. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I was someone who was very interested in Babylon's Fall. Um, uh. <laughs> but now it's coming out March 2nd, so I probably won't be done with Horizon by then, uh, just because, you know, life. Uh, so I, I probably won't be able to pick it up i i don't want this to be true josh but the more i see of tiny tiny Tina's wonderlands the more i want to play it
1: i want to I play that game so bad
0: <laughs> you think it's gonna be so bad
1: no i wanted to play it so bad
0: oh gotcha i thought i thought you said yeah. i don't want to play it. it looks so bad i was like what no, i it thought looks it was amazing so um but yeah so for me right now um the big two i'm focusing on just are sifu um and horizon forbidden west obviously god of war i'm super interested in um we have a lot of things you know as somebody who is a pre- predominantly a playstation gamer like there's a lot that we don't know yes um, you yeah. know we have a, a pretty good slate of what we think is going to be next year but other than that like we really don't know what the future is and we don't know how much of you know is god of war going to hit next year i sure hope so um you know is, <laughs> is forespoken going to be any good we ho- sure hope so what's happening with you know final fantasy 16 and what's happening with ghostwriter tokyo and like all of those things like we'll have to wait and see but um, yeah I, I think that 2022 has the potential to be an absolute banger of a year hmm. um, and i'm i am here for it i just want to get a whole bunch of like all those games i mentioned that were almost my number five done uh, right just to, to jumping into those games so cool all right anything else josh then you want to say about 2021 in general board games video games any other final thoughts before we wrap the show up
1: it's over
0: It is over. It's done. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we thank you listeners for joining us on this. We're going to skip predictions. We're going to skip all that. We'll just move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Josh, obviously, we're a gaming podcast. We just talked about games for almost two hours. Uh, But we want to give people one other suggestion, (laughs) you know, to help them live that balanced life. So, Josh, what is your suggestion this week?
1: So I didn't think it was going to happen, but the stars aligned. I was able to get out and see Spider-Man No Way Home before. Spoilers abound um (laughs) what can i say about this movie i have to take an account for recency bias i have to it's probably my favorite mcu film
0: dang okay that's a pretty big that's a pretty big uh statement
1: yeah it exceeded all expectations and expectations were high uh I don't know I should probably look into who wrote this movie i don't I know who directed it, but I don't know what this person has directed uh, The character development handled in this film is unlike anything you've seen since Iron Man it i don't I don't want to spoil anything because there are so many spoilers in this movie. There's so much that happens. Um, that like, and like the, the first thing my father said to me when he heard that we went inside, he said, you didn't think there were too many villains. And that's something that is still lingering with people since Spider-Man three. And I get that. I get that worry. Um, and they handled it. it remarkably well. Um, I'm just trying to choose my words carefully. If you have the chance (laughs) to see it, if you have the chance to see it in theaters, uh, uh, I think I, I, there's a point where I kind of given up on like the need to see in theaters thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm perfectly content watching the matrix this week at home. Like I'm sure it'd be great in the theater. But I'm perfectly fine watching The Matrix Awakenings uh, or Resurrections or whatever it's called uh, this Wednesday at home instead of at theaters. But seeing this, it just really felt like, and I just saw it, didn't see it 3D, didn't see it in like the crazy fancy theaters. I sat in a regular theater. Um, it was two and a half hours long, I think it didn't feel like two hours. It just every beat like was perfect. It was a perfect film. (laughs) It was so well like directed and the story beats hit every, every time I'm, I know I'm like recycling what I just said, but I cried so much watching this movie. (laughs) And I said to my wife, when we get out, I said, I did not expect to cry that much. (laughs) And she's like, she was like, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> and I was like, I, I thought my mask would have hidden that. I was wearing my mask the whole time, uh, because there were so many unmasked people around us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I want to say so many things about this movie. In fact, Nathan from That's Entertaining like, uh, messaged me asking if I wanted to be on this podcast uh, last night to talk about it, and I was wrapping presents, so I couldn't do it, but. Oh, I would have loved to be a part of that conversation. Um, it's just so good. It's so good, and I'm really excited to talk to people about this movie and I'm excited to see it again uh, just top top tier m c u film
0: um what is interesting about that is the director is john watts okay um who who directed the previous spider-man movies like sure, hope sure. and Far from home um he did the have you ever seen or heard of the movie cop car yeah so that was like the kevin bacon big, one uh yeah that was like his like first like big movie okay. that he directed uh but before that he did like music videos
1: oh man good for him
0: yeah uh and the writers um are the same writers for all the movies but the, it's also weird because like they did um jumanji welcome to the jungle and they were like, oh, really? writers, like on community and stuff <laughs> oh that's what um, mckay that's
1: what i knew mckay from okay
0: yeah so so that's kind of like where they i came wasn't from.
1: crazy about the first spider-man movie i well, really the- i really like the second one this one is uh this one is it didn't even feel like the same writers and director to me which means they really have uh learned they really have grown with this character
0: well, what I will say though is the first movie actually had two had different people as the main screenplay writers. Okay, okay. And then I the might explain and why I don't like the yeah, first Yeah, And the second and third then have have been more consistent. So okay. yeah. But uh I'm really excited to go see it. And actually my recommendation is to follow your recommendation and go hey. see Spider Man before you get spoiled, if you can do so safely. Avoid
1: those spoilies. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot I of have, them.
0: i have not seen the movie yet but i definitely want to and i'm hoping to over break here and i have many many words muted on social media so we'll see what happens um it's gonna be a dance but i think take some time for yourself if you can do so safely um and and try to go see spider man no way home Um, because everyone who i know has seen it says it is an absolute treat I have yeah. not heard anyone say something negative about this film yet. Um, and usually you have, and granted, I also have been trying to avoid spoilers. So I haven't like read reviews or anything. Usually you have at least someone who's like overrated. This movie stings, but well, I haven't seen any of that. Again, I can't think
1: of a single negative thing for, in this movie.
0: So, well, there you go. It seems like, a, <laughs> uh, it seems like what everyone should go do then is go see Spider-Man if they can do so safely. Um, yeah. But Hey, with that, That is our last podcast of 2021. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much for, you know, sticking with us and for listening to our podcast this year. Uh, We will be back right away in 2022. We'll be recording, you know, as usual, you'll get your first episode of 2022 at the usual time, usual day, all that good stuff. Uh, But we are taking some time off from recording. Like obviously we are recording this podcast like almost two weeks early. Uh, But thanks so much. Uh, We really do appreciate your listening. Uh Josh, anything you wanna to say to the listeners before we wrap everything up?
1: Yeah, thanks for sticking with us in this tough year that we had. um I know everyone had a tough year because we're we're pretty uh chatty with our listeners in our discord and on and Twitter, so uh as we do every year, we hope that next year is better for everybody, and I know that that isn't plausible, but we still wish it uh Uh, Yeah, I'm excited that we're going to be able to bring you guys Dollar Cinema for free now as part of either the PSVG feed or our feed. So you can hear Kyle and I talk about movies for at least 12 episodes next year, probably, maybe maybe more, maybe less. Who knows? Um, But yeah, thanks for joining us on this this crazy ride. And uh, let's play some games together.
0: Heck yes, let's definitely do that. So with that, Josh. What do you say we wrap up this final show for 2021?
1: Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, feel free to email us at board with Fiji at gmail.com. And we tag our stuff, all of our stuff, with hashtag Board with Fiji. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. And I just heard Spotify has opened up ratings. So if you listen to us on Spotify, please give us a rating on Spotify. And that is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me. Oh, I should have brought my switch in. Uh, why is so serious? that's S-I-R-R-I-U-S, uh, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, and others. Kyle, where can people find you?
0: So you can find me at all of the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, I'll at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Again, thanks for the great year, everyone. We hope that you all had a great Christmas and have an awesome upcoming New Year's, and we will see you in 2022. But until then, remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop games.